I'm Jess McCauley, and I'm a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I'm also an introvert, and this is The Introvert's Guide to... On the Introvert's Guide to, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website or you can email us at stuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of the Introverts Guide 2. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and, you know, a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find this show. But even better, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that you think might like The Introvert's Guide to, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. I am very much looking forward to this episode. Okay. I have never been good with self-affirmations and seeking the confidence from myself. Would you say that, that, I mean, you and I, we've sort of alluded to this sort of stuff before. Do you, do you have issues yourself with um, the idea of, of self-esteem or self-confidence? Well, I think from what we've alluded to in the popularity episode, (laughs) I can be confident, but I find that in certain social situations, I can falter. Oh, yeah, I think I falter more often than not, but that Hmm. might be just something I feel rather than being a reality. I'm curious about how much of that for you, you think comes from... Uh, if not being an introvert, experiences that you've had mm-hmm. with, an, uh, with being an introvert? Well, I think when enough people comment on your social traits, uh. like when, pe- yeah, <laughs> when enough people do it, it's, it's enough to get you second guessing, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, like yes. I've had enough people tell me, you cannot be an introvert, you are so chatty. Or you cannot be an extrovert. You are so shy. <laughs> I I got a little, I think I got a little lost in what other people were saying that I lost track of myself along the way. Yeah. There is also that whole, you know, well, look who decided to say something. <laughs> I'd like to think that there are many laughs that I give on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure that you know, as someone who has to do all of the editing, but when you said that, that just, that was a fire in there. Like, oh, I know. Oh. oh, I know. I felt that fire. I felt that fire. Um, because I think that, you know, we've talked about that, the conversation that you have, or I know that I have with myself anytime I'm going to a social engagement, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a party for a very good friend or some kind of industry thing or anything like that, the kind of self-talk that I do 
mm-hmm. without meaning to. That's certainly tied to to self-esteem and self-confidence. Um, the way that I try to talk myself out of going while I am on my way is is definitely tied to to self-confidence. A little bit to anxiety, but it's still that whole like the whole idea that like I am not interesting enough. I don't have enough to say. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff ties into um, self-confidence. Right. Absolutely. Especially whenever you hear those punishments of look who finally decided to chime in. Yes. yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. That, that, that takes away something from somebody. I, you know, going on a little bit more of an empathetic perspective of it. I find that you really are taking away a building block of how somebody chooses to talk. Ooh, that rhymed. Nicely done. (laughs) Thank you. you. I just, I needed to take that in. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, it's, you're taking away that little bit of, of somebody when you knock down their confidence in that, in that way. And, um, not to say that all situations are like this, but it, it can make anybody, whether you have anxiety or not, become more anxious about putting themselves out there. Sure. Because now you're wondering if every situation is going to be like that, which, you know, realistically, no, not every situation is going to be the same. But the certainly the feeling can feel familiar. But the interesting thing is that is that, you know, I I'm not one that suffers from anxiety generally. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I deal with in my daily life. Um, although except that when I am going to some social event, um, I essentially spend the hours beforehand and any time that I take getting there combating the idea that nobody there likes me. Mm, yeah. And when you, uh, when you finally get yourself into that situation, do you find yourself coping more or do you find yourself sinking into the situation, getting, comfortable, I should say, more comfortable with it than coping. It really does depend. Um, Obviously, it depends on the atmosphere at the place that you're going to. Um, If it's if whether it's a, a an industry get together or gathering or a birthday party, if you don't know a bunch of people there, um, if it's an industry thing, you're going to go and um, arrive and do the awkward sit by yourself because you don't know anybody and you don't feel like you can say hello to everybody. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a party, you go and you say hello to the person that you know, which is your friend who you're there for. And then you go off and you sit in a corner. <laughs> it's very true. It's kind of easier to sink into your work, uh, your work mask, as they say. Sure. But like even the industry or not, like I have, I have, like I last year, a friend of mine had a milestone birthday and I made the, I went out, I went to their party. There was sort of like a big thing. I knew nobody except for them. There was a chance that another friend of mine that I knew would come later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew me being me and always if the if the invitation says it's eight o'clock, I have to work not to be there at eight o'clock. <laughs> so I will be there at eight oh five. And that's the best I can do. And I will arrive and I arrive and there's people there and I sit in a corner having said hello to my friend. Oh, okay. But that's all a matter of like, you know, all the whole way there, I was trying to talk myself out of going. And that is almost always mm-hmm. a, a constant for me. Right. Absolutely. I feel that when it, and see, I'm the other way. When it comes to a party, uh, I, I, 
I will try to be as social as possible, but I am a little bit more calculating in where I will stand. And depending on how I feel, if I will engage in a larger crowd or just stick with a small circle, I find that when it comes to socializing in bigger groups, I call it my survival instinct, but I find myself to be a little bit more gregarious in certain situations. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, I only just realized it a little while ago. I think it was last year for me as well. Uh, We had revisited parties uh, a little while ago. Yes. And I, I'm not sure if I, I actually have to think back on that episode, but I did notice that I was becoming a little bit more comfortable with parties and that I was actually starting to talk to people more comfortably. And I find my confidence is better in a social situation rather than the work environment, just because mm. I, I keep wondering if, you know, if it's imposter syndrome or is it actually, I just feel I don't have anything to say because, you know, it is what it is. We are at the work and I have no other thing to say other than I'm here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. As far as self-confidence or self-esteem goes, where can you pinpoint a, a, a moment or instances where you were affected, where your self-esteem was was impacted by either comments that other people said or situations? Um. Yeah. It's it's sort of weird. I was in high school, and I wrote. You know, whenever. Um, when you're watching shows like that 70s show and with your, when you're with your friends and you're telling them, Oh, you're so Eric, you're so Donna, you know, like I remember my friends were doing this and they didn't really come up with one for me. And I didn't know whether to take it as a compliment, but I just kept wondering, like, well, there's gotta be something. And someone was like, well, you're just, you're just Jess. There's, you're just you. And I didn't know what to take away from that. And I think Mm. I started finding myself more second guessing Wondering mm. if there was anything that did stand out about me or did, was I really too quiet or did I cancel plans too often that <laughs> no one really knows who I am anymore, right? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely started wondering if I was making the right choices, socializing, if I was saying the right thing or, you know, mm. again, in, in the popular episode, I, how how am I, am I, how am I doing? How am I doing, guys? Am I okay? I mean, we all get along and I think we're okay, but at the same time, I I didn't know how really I was doing socializing. Mm. So yeah, I definitely felt my confidence dwindle after that. I'm sure they meant meant it as a nice gesture. They just, they didn't know how to label and I, that's fine. I don't really need a label, but I think it just would have been nice to be able to have something about me that stood out to other people as, as positive. Mm. What about you? Um, it's hard to pick out one instant i was a pretty sensitive child and so i took a lot of things that people said to heart i remember becoming a little more withdrawn there was a class it must have been like first or second grade maybe third grade when we had to make some kind of this the assignment was to create a christmas card for a a relative and so i created one and there was a bad rhyme in it it was a very bad rhyme. It rhymed, but it's not the right kind of rhyme you should do. It wasn't a clean rhyme. It was con- contrived. It was ugly. It was bad. Um, and the teacher, I handed it in. The teacher opened it up and read it and loudly read it and then derided it as a terrible rhyme. Oh. And I felt so terrible that I, I, it sort of like impacted my ability to, to speak up in class, to, to offer things. I never really wanted to take 
a risk. Like I thought I was being very clever writing a little poem, but I was essentially shot down. Um, I stopped offering things in class after that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh, that's, that's definitely one way to cut your engagement short. Right. Yeah. And, And I mean, that's, that's not encouraging. No. And it, I, you know, obviously they didn't know what they were doing, but they didn't know that that would do that. But it was like, like I was such a sensitive child that that was a a huge impact that it now I suddenly was unwilling to engage, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with the group. It made me think that, that I was, that I was stupid, that, that maybe um, I was not creative, something. And I stopped I stopped engaging and that really did impact my confidence as a whole. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that happened to you. Well, so am I. Mm-hmm. You know what? That teacher is long dead. I'm quite sure. <laughs> oh. Does the saying that make me a bad person, Jess? Does that, no. does that... I just did not expect that, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta warn me with those ones. No. No. That's fair. I don't give you much warning for everything else. You don't. <laughs> you don't. Oh, man, that was heading right into my cackle there. That was going right into it. <laughs> but I think the important thing, like, I think that for, for many of us, introvert or not, who suffer from Im- things that have impacted their self-confidence, mm-hmm. there were early things that crawled in deeply into our brain that have remained there and influence our behavior even today. And we don't even realize the cause of it. Absolutely. Um, Obviously I've managed to get past that seeing as I am a performer who writes and performs my own work um, and who has two podcasts, one with you, one on my own and is, is still creating stuff. So somehow I got past that. But that voice is still a part of my imposter syndrome. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, you can't tell somebody that, they'll, that they shouldn't feel that way just listing off their accomplishments because that mm. tends to make it even worse. Mm. It's, it's just, it, I don't know what it is, but trying to reassure somebody about something they shouldn't feel only feeds the lie more oh, in our sure. head, right? Oh, sure. Right? It, an interesting question that uh, a friend of mine who who does some coaching for people like like life coaching and career coaching uh, talks about the stories that you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the questions that, you know, she tries to get people to identify the story that they tell, tell themselves. And the question that follows that is, is that true? Right. Right. You know. Um, if I find myself in a low point and I'm thinking I'm not creative, I don't have any talent, I don't have anything to say, follow that up with, is that true? Mm-hmm. And of course it's not. You know, I'm I'm pretty open about the things that I feel on social media. I've just decided to just go with what I feel. And if I mm-hmm. want to put something out there, it's nice to create that connectivity. It's funny that as of lately, building my own confidence back up that after I've posted something like that, that's that could be more transparent mm-hmm. than what some people would like to put out there. It's hard. It's, it's interesting just putting out some funny content right afterwards. Mm. It's, it's fun to at, right after something 
has happened where I feel anxious. I wonder, am I able to put out something funny for other people to enjoy right now? Or is that how they're looking at me? And it's funny the story that we do tell about ourselves, because then I may, I, I tell myself in my head, you know, you're not really that funny. And after that, I don't think people are going to be looking at you like you're a funny person. Might be a little sad, right? And that's so not true. It is so not true. Because after I put some stuff out that made me laugh, it made other people laugh. It's, it was the affirmations that other people told me that I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. I know I'm a funny person because people will tell me I'm a funny person. I know that I am relatable because other people obviously go through this, not everyone, but people can go through the same things I go through as well. And we can have that in common and be able to laugh together about it, right? Be able to talk about it. And that's the sort of confidence that I think pushed me through some pretty mm -hmm. tough moments about what I will say and what I won't say is yeah. if it honors me, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to speak my truth. And that there brought out way more confidence. I'd like to say, I mean, I'm, I'm doing a podcast with you. That's, yeah. that's, you have to be pretty darn confident. Yes, you do. <laughs> now, I mean, just, uh, you know, on another note, like the question of like, is this true? Is what you're telling mm -hmm. yourself true? Like, when I am going to some kind of social gathering and I find myself convinced, like trying, like putting in lots of effort to convince myself that the people there don't like me, mm -hmm. the question, is this true, is a good one to ask. Um, is, is that true? And you know, there's a voice in your head that's going to be like, yes. So mm -hmm. you have to follow it up with, is it really true? Mm hmm. Like, you know, the people who, you know, so, at least some of the people who are going to be there, do they not like you? Is it, is it, you're going to your friend's birthday, your friend, like, honestly, if an introvert goes to a person's birthday party, that you like that person, that person likes you. Absolutely. There's no taking that away. Yeah. And so the, you have to ask yourself those questions. Is it true? Is it really true? And chances are the story that you're telling yourself is not true. And you can sort of use that as sort of like the base building block for like, if you are finding a hit to your self-esteem or your confidence, use that as the, that small building block to, to, to put you back up, to start getting back up towards self-esteem and self-confidence. Absolutely. For sure. And th that's just it. Sometimes it's small steps, right? And the lies in our head will force us to sit back into a space that's comfortable Mm -hmm. because we know we don't have to grow from that space. We, can, we can't grow inside of a box. So when you build yourself little blocks like that, you can stand up and you can work into something that's actually more of a truer version of who you are. Mm -hmm. Do you have things that you tell yourself when you're starting to feel like your self-esteem is low? Are there specific things that you've said to yourself? Yes. Um, I have one specific for any time I am going to be speaking uh, like right now <laughs> there's times before the podcast where I have to just take a big deep breath just close my eyes and focus on the breathing and say to myself that I am enough that mm. I you know <laughs> truth be told Phil and moment of transparency mm. when you asked me to do this podcast I felt intimidated really I did. I absolutely felt intimidated. I didn't think 
I was going to measure up as a co-host for you because I, I already knew about your other podcast and I had heard you speak before. I had seen how well acquainted you are with the, the rest of the theater community in Toronto. I didn't feel I was going to be enough, but hmm. I was at a point where I needed to challenge myself. And obviously I said yes immediately. So there was no going back. Yes. <laughs> and I think after that, I I started telling myself I am enough and Mm. it stuck with me that I saw it float around on social media. Tell yourself you are enough. And I used to scoff at affirmations like that because Mm. I thought it was, I thought it was just garb, like just uh, whatever. Okay. But that wasn't the case because because then you do start to believe these things. The more times you say it, the more time that you question if it's true, you start to find your own truth within that. And I did find my truth. What's interesting, just to just to jump in, my my mother is uh, or was for many years a counselor, mm-hmm. and one of the things that she would say to people, people would come in and they would be telling them so they would have stories that they tell themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm useless. I'm a I'm a fuck up. I'm a screw up. I can't get anything right, and the the thing that she would remind people is don't don't say that even in jest mm-hmm. because what we say is what we think is what we become right and so all those stories that we tell ourselves if especially sometimes if we verbalize it like verbalizing it is a powerful thing oh yeah if you say to yourself i'm such a fuck up i can't get anything right well that's something that you are going to believe. And if you believe that about yourself, that is certainly what you will be. And so those stories that you tell yourself, they have power. And so if you find yourself telling yourself a story that is not true, mm-hmm. such as the people that uh, nobody likes me, the people that I, that, that I see socially, they don't like me. You have to tell yourself the opposite story. Say it out loud. Mm-hmm. I know they do like me. Name people that you know that, you, that like you. I know there are some. And then you can, because you're saying it out loud, that gives that something, then you, then you start to believe it. And that's what will become true. Yeah. I heard a, um, a wonderful motivational talk by uh, Craig Groeschel. I'm not sure if anyone has heard of him. And that's, it's such a powerful truth because he also mentioned the direction of your life is guided by your most powerful thought. Hmm. And if what you're thinking and what you're saying out loud, exactly what your mom said, that's going to become your truth. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to unlearn those truths. So be very careful about what you say to yourself. You don't treat yourself like a separate person. Would you say that about somebody else? If you would, that's, that's not very nice. No, but we say things, terrible things to ourselves, generally mm-hmm. things that we won't say to other people. Right. And we say we we undermine ourselves with those terrible things mm-hmm. in a way that 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 undermines everything that we want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's it's not a not a fun place to be in if you're putting yourself there. I've done it. I've done it long enough myself that mm. I, it's again taken very long time to unlearn it and build that confidence back up. So yes, I I do stand by affirmations. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you there. I mean. God, I remember, so thinking back to last year's uh, Fringe Festival, Mm -hmm. when there was a Fringe last year, but with this being 2020 and everything being canceled, um, 
I remember there were a couple of times I went to the fringe patio, the big, the big uh, outdoor bar area that they have set up. Mm-hmm. But the amount of work it always took me to get there right. was massive just to get there. And even I had to tell myself, like, I remember back in our party episodes, we were talking about going, just tell yourself that you're going to go for 15 minutes, if that's what it takes to get you in the door. Tell yourself that you're going to go for 30 minutes, if that's what it takes, whatever it takes to get you in the door. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, I think we said that we we would recommend an hour. Yeah. Because 15 minutes was like for a party is like basically like giving yourself the opportunity to go in, not talk to anybody and then get out. Mm-hmm. But for this particular situation, I had to give myself 15 minutes. Go for 15 minutes and that's your your entry. And, you know, learning how to do the self-talk. Like, I know there are people there who like me. I know I'm going to run into somebody that I like and who likes me. And so telling yourself these sorts of things is far more powerful than than being negative. Absolutely. Now, speaking of Fringe, when you... Because you got a pretty awesome award for your show. I did. I did last year. I got, uh, I was uh, one of the best of Fringe. I got to do the show at uh, an, a theater in Orangeville. So I got another three performances out of it. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. Did you, did you find that that helped booster? Did, did you find that that helped boost your confidence? Or did you find that you were starting to believe maybe some more lies in, that you were telling yourself? Were you believing into an imposter syndrome? The thing is that by the time imposter syndrome for that particular show, I don't have it so much anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first time I performed it, absolutely. I had imposter syndrome. I was like, I don't belong here. I'm going to get up on stage. It's going to be terrible. I'm going to vomit. I might as well die. Like what are all these things? It was like uh, the day of the first performance was a write off of anxiety and nerves and an imposter syndrome. Um, but having done it at one festival, winning um, outstanding solo play at the Fundy Fringe, and then you know the one in Toronto, the Best of Fringe for Five One Nine was was it was a like that's a powerful thing, mm-hmm. and like by that point, I I don't have imposter syndrome about the show. I understand the show, and I know I know what the show's power is, mm-hmm. so I don't feel imposter syndrome about that. Um, but it's certainly, as you know, as a performer of a solo show, um, that is certainly the first few performances are fraught. Oh, oh are they ever nerve wracking, especially when you're yeah. giving little bits and true details of your life, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, to be honest, my show has like there's truth in there, but it's 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 prettied up as part of a as part of a, a fictional narrative, right? It's not, it's not, I'm not, it's not a show where I'm saying this is my, this is, this is me. I'm playing a character. So I have that insulation, but your show is all, was about you as, as you essentially, which is another thing entirely. Woof. Yep. (laughs) That was it. It was soul bared on stage. That was, that was something. So yeah, Mm. first day was definitely nerves, all nerves. I remember just sitting backstage and just having the, the big deep breaths and trying not to hyperventilate into my sweater. And I just remember Steve was, you know, husband is stage managing. So I had that. I I had Mm -hmm. at least him to look around the curtain and just see him there. Give me the thumbs up that it was time to start. And I was like, Oh, Oh no. 
but yeah, I, I, you do find your confidence as a performer. You, you do find it at some point. And, and it's nice to be able to leverage off of that. And just for you and your show, it was a beautiful balance between fiction, nonfiction, right? Mm, and it was just yeah. very well done. The important thing, I think, for anybody who performs or speaks in, in, in public, there has to be a certain amount of confidence that you have at your core. Mm. And it's different from the kind of confidence that you might have going to a social event or going to a job interview. It's different. Right. Because you believe something about the what you are performing and the words that you've written mm-hmm. when you're performing it that and you get and whatever mask you get to wear doing it that is often different from the social aspect of a party a gathering a, a networking event absolutely with that being said are there any affirmations that you use i mean the i i mean i anytime i i i catch myself in any kind of negative self-taught. I remember my mother's words, you know, what you say is what you think is what you become. Mm-hmm. And also um, the idea of, of the question of, is it true? Mm-hmm. And when I catch myself telling myself that, why bother going to that party? Nobody there likes you. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Right. And the answer is always no. If I mean, the thing is that often, there's a voice in your head that really wants to hold on to the negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. It's there's something comfortable about it, especially as an introvert, if it can convince you to go home, put on sweatpants and get under a blanket, that's like, that's comfort there. And going to this event is uncomfortable. It's not your natural state. So there's something about, about that. That's just trying to get you to do that. But remember, if you really ask yourself the question, is it true? The answer is no. How about you? I I touched on you are enough. I'm still working on in the moments where I feel myself faltering and unsure and wavering from my usual self. I like to just engage with that moment, embrace how I feel. And I don't want to be comfortable. And I'm okay walking into the situation that nothing bad can happen from the situation. And I don't so much as have a motto and stick to it. I, I, again, more so just riff off of how I'm feeling. I'm I'm a good conversationalist with myself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times I can talk myself out of a situation. But as of late, I have been learning to say more yeses than more noes. And I do Mm. have to stand by, let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes. And that comes from the notorious canceller. So yes, yes, learning to be more confident in saying yes and no has been very helpful for me in building that social confidence again. And also getting back into what I love, which is writing. I mean, Mm -hmm. I haven't produced anything in a while, so it's time to get back out there. Yeah. There's an interesting thing about, Anytime that you are challenging intro, the introvert comfort zone, mm-hmm. there's going to be pushback. And whatever you can do, like whatever, whatever, if you can get to the thing that is making you uncomfortable, whether it is, you know, um, going for coffee with a friend, going to a party, whatever those things are, going to a bar. Ugh. Anyway, um, <laughs> whatever those things are, um, as soon as you walk through the door, however long you have agreed that you are going to st- you, you, you're telling yourself you're going to stay to get there. That's a triumph and that's a win. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. even if it's 15 minutes. And even if you only stay 15 minutes, that's still a win. Absolutely. Celebrate those little victories. They mean something. They're, the, they're not the norm. They're not the usual of what you've done. That, mm-hmm. lo- that alone is a victory. Do you have anything from the internet for us? <laughs> not really. We covered it, actually. <laughs> the, oh, the, did we? We, did, we really did. I mean, oh, shit, well. <laughs> yeah, in all honesty, I mean, the internet is actually was a good place. It was full of a lot of information on how to build self-affirmations and using the affirmations from people around you. But in all honesty, we, we kind of covered it. Can we, I mean, the thing is like the idea, like how, building affirmations, because, you know, it's easy for us to give the ones that work for us, mm-hmm. but it may not be so easy for somebody else to, to, to build an affirmation for themselves. Fair enough. Um, what kind of, what kind of tips are there for building your own affirmation? Okay. Well, one article from Mind Tools did give a f- couple of tips. So number one is think about the areas of your life that you'd like to change. So for instance, do you wish that you had more patience or deeper relationships with your friends and colleagues? Write down several areas or behaviors that you'd like to work on. Be sure that your affirmation is credible and achievable. Turn negatives into positives and write your affirmation in the present tense. So your affirmation, like Phil mentioned, is going to sound different from what it may sound like for us. It's all based on your needs and what you need in order to feel comfortable in an uncomfortable situation, how to work through Mm -hmm. it, how to become more present. And I think the more that we verbalize and we write out what it is that we feel we can't do, but really, in truth, we can, the more that that is going to become more specific and tailored to you. So by writing it down and asking yourself why this is important for you to work on, that affirmation will come. You will find the other people that will give you the tips and tricks on the right verbiage to use and do use it in present tense. There's no time like the present to to give yourself an affirmation, not guilt yourself that you should have done it sooner or not trick yourself into thinking it's something you can start tomorrow, start today. There's an interesting, the the article at mindtools.com has, you know, some examples of affirmations mm-hmm. and some of them are ones that they're not, I mean, they're examples, but they're not, they're not necessarily ones that are going to work for you. Right. But one that, that, that sort of popped up for me is the last one in their list is I will be a leader in my organization. But here's the thing that sometimes happens and it can surprise the introvert. You may already be a leader in your organization and you don't acknowledge it because you're an introvert and you think to yourself, I, I can't be a leader. I, I, there's, there's no way that I can be a leader, but you may already be, mm-hmm. you may be finding, you may have insights. You may be the person that people go to for information or, or, or help, whatever it is. Like you might already be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, Are there, are there, I mean, in terms of the, the the affirmations and creating your own affirmation, are these steps? Do these steps resonate for you as far as as far as creating an affirmation? For me, I, I have started journaling again, so yes, it, it has helped. I think it helps more when I 
I look up other people who have maybe struggled with the same issues as me. So maybe mm. looking up a good TED talk. Interestingly, like if you go to, there are plenty of helpful TED talks, but Susan Cain, the author of the book Quiet, mm. has a very excellent TED talk that you should check out mm-hmm. about introversion. So I think it's like, it's, it's definitely like, if you need, if you need stuff, there's all kinds of helpful, TED has been running for ages. So there's plenty of awesome talks. But yeah, absolutely. There's there's great TED Talks there. Did we learn anything? Um, I learned, and, and it's good to remind myself of the, the necessity for, for positive self-talk. Right. The necessity to, like, reminding myself that, yes, people at that gathering do like you mm-hmm. you know because i still fall into that i still fall into that that young boy and there were other instances where i convinced myself as a young child that people just didn't like me and so like that those are those are are, are issues that i struggle with all the time especially when there's some kind of social gathering mm-hmm. and it's important to to remind myself that that's not true to ask myself you know, is this true? And to answer no. And to, to be able to give reasons why it's not true. Right. And to be able to remember that, that if I'm thinking or saying, if I'm saying that I'm unlikable or thinking it, that's a step towards becoming that, to pushing everybody away and like closing down. So just to remind myself not to fall into that and to, to remember that, that people do. Absolutely. I, I think for me, I've learned that the things that I love are the things I know I'm good at because others did affirm that in me. That doesn't mean that I don't have learning. That doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not allowed to make mistakes or I don't make mistakes, but it, it does certainly tell me that if it's something you feel worth doing, it's something worth doing well to the best of your capacity. And you do have it within yourself. Being able to tell myself that I am enough, or that I can do this, or I can work through a tough situation. I am a lot stronger than I give myself credit for. And I think I need to go easy on myself when I do feel uncomfortable. And when I do feel maybe nervous and and scared to try something, but the feeling of working yourself up to it and doing it is a victory that I should be celebrating more and, and not being so downhearted that I didn't think of it before. And guilting myself that I didn't try it sooner. It's, I did it, I did it now. And that's what matters. You know, triumph is a triumph regardless of, of how long it takes you to get there. Absolutely. It's, it's still a victory. It's, mm-hmm. And that's just it. It's nothing more, nothing less. And to put it up on a scale, I think is going to rob you further of that victory of, well, it's not as big as doing this. It's, Stop robbing yourself. Enjoy it.